OTP GAA. One of the fathers was mentioning the cows at half six or seven on the, on the, on the Monday morning. They started crying that we we'll just have to win in the county final yesterday. Subscribe to the OTP GAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Off the ball daily. You're welcome back to Thursday's Off the Ball. Nathan with you until 10 o'clock. Coming up over the next hour, who knows? The 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock hour all week has really just been whatever the hell anybody wants. They can go and do it. And that's what we're going to do. God damn Christmas, Nathan. Uh, Manchester City nil, Liverpool nil. Three minutes gone, but chances for both Erling Haaland and Darwin Nunez inside the first 90 seconds. Haaland got in behind, fired over the top of the crossbar. Nunez got in behind, had a shot blocked, resulted in a corner, uh, but it came to nothing. Uh, two relatively strong sides out on the pitch. Cuevin Kelleher in goal for Liverpool. Is that new on the side, the board? The board, the advertising just... hoarding. No, they brought that in for Champions League games. It's basically a double-sized yeah. advertising hoarding. So they bought that in for Champions League games, which I think is a requirement. They have, have a more advertising space. It's like that And Italy. Manchester City have kept it for Premier League games as well. I wonder, is it because it takes up a few extra seats oh. in the stadium if you are being very, Satire. very cynical? It doesn't it's look very modern, isn't it? Yeah, it doesn't look very nice. It doesn't look uh, very nice at all. Uh, so Mick McCarthy, uh, senior producer extraordinaire, what's the plan for the next hour? <laughs> Is Arthur not producing the show tonight? Uh, we are going to... Look, Nathan, me and Arthur had a discussion last night on the show that uh, about our top moments of the year. Uh, you were kind of spouting on about your memories of the year and what you how you wanted to contribute. And I was like, you know what, that was an unfinished conversation. There's so much sport to talk about. We dug into like we had a big long conversation about Italy and Wales in the Six Nations last night. There's so much to get into. So we said, why not have your personal top ten wow. moments of the okay. uh, of twenty two? And sure we can chat them. as we go. Yeah. And also then I do notice that there is a draft board on Well the that's desk. because um I have nine sporting moments of the year, but my tenth is about to happen tonight. So Arthur O'Dee, uh, producer this evening, is uh, an extraordinary talented individual. He has, this year, written the Sports Book of the Year. Yeah, not officially. Sure. By not any. officially, no. but it's just an outrage. An outrage. By any of the ma- many uh, companies <laughs> who organise Sports Book of the Year <laughs> How awards. How many Sports Book of the Year titles are there? You didn't manage to win any of them. <laughs> see, but um, he's, been in a lot of, uh, he's been in a lot of write-ups, I would say, about... Uh, Look, my favourite sports book of the year, Nathan. Uh, you, you, you weren't unsure whether you wanted to talk about this, but you said genuinely it is your favourite. Well, I just said if we ended up talking, if we did a different segment where we talked about our favourite book okay. of the year, favourite film of the year, so etc. I said my favourite book of the year is, is Arthur's book. And I would think he might get a little bit awkward if I kind of went He's, get, he's looking awkward right now. I'm going to read it over Christmas. I promise you. I promise you, Arthur. What? I'm going to read your book over Christmas. Come on. I'm going to make a bit of space. In my Christmas period, uh, and see what Limerick the fuss is all biography about. Biography in nine lives, I think, just in case anybody's wondering what we're talking. Oh, I don't about. think anyone's wondering at this stage no. what we're talking about. <laughs> uh, Remember, you told us we weren't doing enough promotion for your book there a while ago. It's <laughs> relentless, isn't it? I hope you're getting a bonus for all this free it's publicity. Too late now, anyway. Like, have you signed it? up for a second book yet? Yeah, you know, no, nothing yet. Uh, Open offers. <laughs> Open offers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nothing. Twenty-three. Yet. Limerick football, the future. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I suppose that there would be actually a lot of people tomorrow, I tell you, is the last, like, in my youth, I would have done all my Christmas shopping on the 23rd, and it would have often flowed over into the 24th, so I'd imagine people are still doing that. Oh, no, absolutely. There'll be an awful lot. Tomorrow's probably the yeah. busiest shopping day of the year. Well, there's a yeah. good Limerick so book. Get yourself in and buy Limerick, a biography. Even if you're not from Limerick. Like, yeah, do. Just do it anyway. Do it anyway. So as well as uh, being an incredibly talented author, uh, Arthur informed a us PhD. a few weeks ago, a PhD, which he does, of course, again, doesn't like to mention that. Yet here we are. Uh, he is a community games champion. Yeah. Not in athletics, not even in discus throwing, not in art, not in any of the main disciplines, you would have to say. It's part of the arts. Is it? No, probably it's, not. Is it a sport or an art? Not art like Jack B. Yates winning an no. Olympic medal in well, art. Close you know. enough. Uh, Arthur is a drafts champion. Yeah, it was a team I hasn't had. It was Oof. a team. It was a team of five. No, no, I said that from the beginning. You weren't so keen to mention no, no. at the start, but now it's, it's a shared effort. Uh, what year did you win the Community Games Drafts Championship? Oh, 
Good question. It was under 12. Under 12, okay. So I was born in 91. So we go so about It must have been about 2002. 2002, around 2002, okay. I'd say. And what village Great were you year representing? Great Irish sport. Arthur won the, the, the drafts and... Uh, yeah. So, so bad. <laughs> it's like fan, yeah. Uh, what vill- what mm. uh, Cordigia was the parish. Okay. And uh, who were the big rivals in Sligo? I don't... I'm... <laughs> We didn't have any rivals. I don't want to sound too. We, we got out of it a lot, like you know what I mean. Like we got, we're not. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not joking about that. That we have about there's at least five or six county medals. So that's there'd be a strong drafts uh, tradition in the in the, in the village. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like look, Sligo hurling, a biography in nine lives. Sligo drafts. Drafts, I would say, yeah. <laughs> hurling. You've lost it, Nathan. You're really I've trying to get out of here. It. I am trying to get out of here. Uh, so you've one gold medal, one silver medal. Is this? Oh, one gold, one bronze. One gold, one bronze. Yeah, bronze two years before, a year or two before. Wow. Okay. Spurred us on, you know. So uh, I, um, which I'm <laughs> what regretting. What happened after under twelve? What? It doesn't. It doesn't run any further. <laughs> oh, doesn't you can't progress to senior level. We peaked just like David Clifford yesterday. Is it part of the Ireland. GEA drafts? Is it an Irish sport? No, I don't think so. No, okay. Nothing I know of. They call it checkers in the States. They do, they do. Maybe that's where it was invented. Why do we call it drafts here? No idea. Well, I thought you'd bring a bit more knowledge to this, to be quite honest, to make it a more interesting segment. Yeah. Anyways. Well, he didn't know it was coming. No, no I just, I um, I found a drafts board at home today and I said, you know what, I'm going to bring this in and I'm going to take this bad boy down. Great radio. That is what is about to happen. So we'll have our chat about our sports. Yeah, we'll yeah, have yeah. our chat about our sports while this is going you on. Have, have How long numbers. does an average drafts game take? Depends. <laughs> who's playing? Depends like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you feel this could be over in about five minutes? Well, it depends. Like, it's going to be difficult now. Now that I think about it, to, for, to both concentrate yeah. and to keep talking. Uh, sports moments of the year then. Uh, what I did was go back through my phone and my photographs to see was there anything I was at that really stood out. And one of them that I had almost forgotten about, and in many ways, my highlight of the entire year, I'm going to put it in on my top 10. Okay. The only time all year I've been nervous until right now playing this drafts game. Only time in about five years I've been nervous interviewing someone. Oh. Meeting Your the man. great Jordan Spieth mm. at the JP McManus Pro-Am. Yeah. I was nervous because never has a man not wanted to do an interview as much as Jordan Spieth didn't want to do that interview. I'd met him earlier in the day, twice, and he uh, was both going for breakfast and going for lunch. And uh, then as he was leaving the scorer's hut after his round, where as uh, it was such a good interview, I didn't even realise he'd been disqualified from the tournament. Uh, oh. You could dis- be disqualified from the JP You can Pro-Am. be disqualified from the uh, JP Pro-Am, which I hadn't realised. He had just been disqualified. I cornered him and forced him to spend five minutes Five beautiful minutes in my company. It's an interview we've all heard about, Nathan, but no, few of us have heard. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, that's, that's harsh. Isn't what was he disqualified for? Awesome. I think he might Cheating have. in the crappy quiz. I oh, think he didn't yeah. finish a hole. He didn't realise that the players were playing an individual competition as well as the team competition and uh, picked his ball up without holding it. So he was upset about this? No, he wasn't at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> he wasn't at all. It was fine. Uh, Manchester City won, Liverpool nil. Football is back. Erling Haaland has scored. He's done one of those, goal of the season. He's, one, he's done one of those karate kick finishes. <laughs> it was a ball from the right-hand side. It was, as I say, a kind of typical Haaland karate kick. Volleys it into the back of the net. That can't be right, was it? 24? 24 goals, 24 yeah. goal of the season. It's not even Christmas, and they just had five weeks off. Yeah. You yeah. see, this is what the World Cup is... goal of the season. This is what the World Cup has done to your brain. You've completely <laughs> forgotten that, despite everything we've seen over the past month, Erling Haaland might be the best footballer in the world right now. As will somebody on the yet-to-be-recorded uh, crappy going first. Tomorrow. You fire away there, go on. Okay, okay so, I'm going to uh, make my first move. I feel already like that was a bad move. He's moved. moved. He's in his head now because... I, by the way, the reason this came out, we've actually missed the headline on this. The reason this came about is, as Arthur takes the first move, uh, just casual, right? Nathan said when this draft thing came up that I'd beat you in drafts. And it wasn't that Arthur kind of went, oh, well, of course, you know, we give it a go. It was that it was this definitive response of, no, you wouldn't. Never in a hundred years you wouldn't beat me in drafts. You have no chance. And that's where this came up. Nathan's been determined jump, ever jump since. Jump me there, please. They've, um, now he's, now, oh, he's played a psychological trick on me. He's baiting them in. We can't. He's, he's made a move that I can now, my white can now jump his black. But to, that is most to. definitely going to open up something painful for me. It doesn't, I just fine. know it. It's Lord. You've you you tricked me into something. You have to jump it. So Jordan speaks anyway, Nathan, while you're you waiting to go there, right? Okay. You have to because I said jump. 
What? That's part of the rules. I mean, it is part. We, we you know, we can take it. If you, if if I say it, you have to do it. If the position is there for oh, it to be true? done. Yeah, what? 100%. Ah, you here. could be making these things. Sorry, up. I have the rules here five, right five in front three, of me. How to play? Five, three, one, six, sorry, the rules on the MB draft board. I mean, can we on. show the can we show the viewers what the draft board that you brought in you is to a professional draft player? There's, there's our draft board. Where, where are we? <laughs> why are that's they the, why are they different colours? The professional. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you say jump and I say I say how high. No, no, you just like as high as you want, but it just has to go over it. It's like these are the rules. I'm not going to lie to you. Good man, there. Take that black piece there with you. Okay. Five three one zero six here. Is there any text about this? Uh, the rules of drafts. No. <laughs> Sorry, you're allowed to go this way to that way to that way. Of course, yeah. God Almighty, this is, Nathan, ah, this is Nathan, outrageous. You thought you could beat a world Irish champion, but you didn't know the rules. Well, I think you'll find it's two two at the moment, Mick. Yeah. Uh, you weren't days. impressed Arthur, with Jordan's speed. Are your level of one to hundred. The JP McManus problem was a great couple of days. Got to spend a good three hours just stalking Tiger Woods. Is this about you personally? No, I just thought of this when you yeah. asked me. Okay. Well, otherwise, I'm just going to be saying repeating all the things that you no, had last it's night. Fine. Which were all the obvious that, things. No, but actually, because it was an interesting uh, gambit, I thought, or you know, the, to borrow the chess phrase from a game of drafts uh, about the JP McManus. Pro am and the madness that surrounded that being an interesting couple of days in Irish sport, but then you just brought it immediately back to you and how you hung around with golfers for a couple of days. That's that's the only reason anyone goes to the JP McManus Pro am. What are your interesting thoughts on the JP McManus Pro am? Nothing. I just thought that you might have some. It was. It, it felt like it was. It felt. Like, it feels like it gets bigger all the time, and it feels like it is a. It is this weird thing that in a non-competitive environment, the entire world's golfing elite gather in Limerick for a couple of days. It is absolutely insane, the quality of the field yeah. that he gets. So you could go and watch, as I was coming back from Tiger Woods to see could I get some interviews, Bryson DeChambeau was coming down the 18th and there was 50 people along the entire 18th at Adair Manor as Bryson DeChambeau was teeing off. Yeah, because he was just one of 20 or 30. So you could go and see a world number 10. You could go and see a world number one probably at the time as Scotty Scheffler not be surrounded by thousands of people but there's something about Tiger that even in that company he is still so many steps ahead it's concerning yeah. for golf isn't it it is and we recorded our golf weekly end of year review today and talking about Tiger's re-emergence over the last few weeks at the PNC which is the father and son competition and the week before that he played in the match where it was himself and Rory McIlroy against Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas and I feel that we're going to see a lot of that that the PGA Tour and the television companies are going to try and come up with as many exhibitions or new style competitions to get Tiger Woods into them that aren't 72 holes him having to walk around Yeah. so you just have to look That's at Golf Channel yeah. over the last couple of weeks it is wall to wall Tiger the PGA Tour treated the father and son like a normal golf tournament in fact I'd say they had more coverage last week than they did of some of the regular events over the course of the year but mm. it was all Tiger and his son it's it's very yeah. strange was the it? analysis as the two of them limped along the fairway together at one stage was the son limping the son also had an injury <laughs> and his leg bizarrely has the exact same limp Oof. weird okay is Can it my go or it's your go where did you go I just went there just there okay there's also I don't a nameless person has um, texted in he's right you cannot renege so Renege, 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 Renege. Renege. on, and when, if someone says jump, so that's just. Don't for future be afraid reference. to tell him to jump. Oh, as well. I, w- I won't be afraid. Yeah. To tell him just to make jump. sure he's allowed I just to do don't it legally. Know. I just don't know when he will be jumping. <laughs> is my uh, is my problem. Uh, yeah, well, there you um, go. The, at the Tigers event in uh, what's that called? Bahamas, the, the yeah, Hero couple, World Challenge. That's it. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I saw more coverage. Now, in fairness, it was an incredible shot by I think Matt Fitzpatrick or someone. You know, when they hit the ball out into the, you know. Um, a hole, a, a trash can in the middle of the ocean, or whatever it is that they do. Mm. You know, like there was one shot, but it was like it was very much a here. This is our coverage because this is where Tiger's wearing his golf gear and playing and got a golf club in his hand, and he's all part of this and it's happy clappy stuff and it's way less about the tournament. I do feel like you can only get away with that at a certain time of year, though. Like I don't think I don't think the week after the Masters, there's going to be like father and son. Tiger competitions, you know. No, but golf has a big problem right now, or maybe it's not a problem. Maybe they're accepting of it that the year is divided into the first 
three and a half months which is the build up to the Masters which I think golf fans really enjoy where particularly in the coming year they have these new elevated events all the best players in the PGA Tour are going to play in the same four or five tournaments in the build up to the Masters across those three months then you've got this insane rush of the four majors in the space of four and a half months Mm. and then really the season is done there's a bit of European Tour golf a lot of money to be won a lot of money to be made but it's all exhibition golf and I think anyone who's not into their golf more or less switches off I hate the moving the PGA. Moving the PGA was the worst move they did for, again, I've, I've many times I've talked about this this week, I'm very, uh, I cling on very tightly to the sporting calendar as I once knew it. But I do also think it shortens the season massively. You know, the PGA, I, I know it was never the biggest event and the Open felt like the last one, but it was still another major, like three, four weeks later. That's gone now. It's just, uh, August, it seems like it's just a non-golf month, I have to say. Well, the Open right, finishes Cup, the middle of July. But there's going to be a big gap again because the Open finishes the middle of July. The Ryder Cup is until the first weekend in October. There'll be qualifying and all. Ryder Cup There'll years are slightly different. Slightly fairness, different. Yeah. Uh, I think live golf has definitely been one of, in a way, weird way, the most enjoyable things. More from a work point of view in that golf has for once been front and centre. Jump! <laughs> It's your goal. <laughs> it's your goal. Well, just move you. There, there. You have to move. You have to move a piece. Oh my god! Did you watch any of the match, by the way? The match? Yeah, I did. Yes, it was on Eurosport. It was. Yeah, golf yeah. is on Eurosport. I'm tuning in. Come on. Was uh, your man McPherson, Archie McPherson, doing the commentary? Uh, no, he wasn't. They had the US commentary. It was entertaining. It was late night golf in the darkness, floodlit. Why was uh, that? At uh, TV. Something else. American TV viewing. So it's, what was it, Friday night or Saturday night? Saturday night entertainment yeah. as it was that night. Um, so uh, Justin Thomas is quite entertaining at that as Liverpool equalise. Fabio Carvalho uh, with the equaliser. Darwin Nunez had hit the post just a couple of minutes ago. Look, there's no need even talking about this match. Everybody knows Creven Kelleher is playing. It's going to a penalty shootout. Penalties yet again. Something, a few things will happen in the next 120 minutes. Like golf gave us some of the craziest, without question, the cra- craziest quotes of the year. Uh, Graham McDowell, let's not forget, gave us the ultimate description. Has there been a bigger loser in sport this year, in Irish sport, than Graham McDowell? Like, he has taken an almighty battering. For somebody who was just a very... I don't know if anyone ever had particularly strong opinions on him, but just seen as very likable, happy-go-lucky. Yeah, he was... Around the time he won the US Open, the year before and the year after that, Graham McDowell was a pretty big deal in Irish sport, I would say. Uh, he said, If Saudi Arabia want to use the game of golf as a way for them to get to where they want to be, and they have the resources to accelerate that experience, I think we're proud to help them on that journey. Uh, there was that is sports washing in two sentences. There was plenty of it. There was two days of it from McDowell, but he hasn't... like. He answered questions for the week that people were asking questions about this, and they stopped. And every, and live golf, as Joe pointed out last week, live golf has become about you know the sanctity of the PGA Tour rather than anything to do with Saudi Arabia. Can I or say jump now? Rushing. Don't worry about it. I'll do it anyway. Okay, thanks. Three three. This gripping. This is a gripping game. <laughs> it looks we need to change even. the camera. Arthur, again, here. I need your analysis here, right? Well, so this like, is like, a are game you confident? analysis. This is like, you know, in, in the match, for example, where you can come. Oh, I'm going to be mic'd up and talking. Yeah, so, <laughs> so what I'm asking you here now is, right, this to me, the untrained eye, you've both taken three pieces, your pieces are largely in the same place. What's your confidence level? You've seen him play now for a few minutes. Well, what my point is, right, and it's a, we'll, get, we'll get serious. We'll want to treat this series, treat this series. For any aspiring draft players out there. Draft only. See this little triangle? Yes. Yeah. That was key to keep that. Okay. If you keep that in there, you're very hard to beat. You see this? Yeah, all no over triangle. the shop. No triangle. Right, yeah. He's no no, no structure whatsoever, <laughs> I would say. That's yeah. just empty there. That's like a pyramid. The triangle can't stay there forever. So does that mean you've room to jump to... We'll see, to I mean, we'll see what happens. You know, it's we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll. What's your confidence level? Come on, 1 to 100. You're a few I'm still 100. Like, maybe 99. <laughs> <laughs> to allow room for whatever could happen, like 99. I thought, I thought there was no room for anything could happen. The 100 years was the initial yeah, comment. Wow. <laughs> I'm loving this. Okay. Um, What's next? Live golf. Leona Maguire's season. Ah, you can't just do golf. golf. I'm just running through all the golf for starters. Right, yeah. First Irish woman to win on the LPGA Tour. Yeah. It's a long time ago now. It's all the way back in February. She's not going to get to defend either because the course was destroyed yeah. in the what? bad weather on oh, right, right, Florida right. about a month ago. Oh, that's so the tournament won't be happening next year. So she won't get a chance to defend. Uh, 2023 is going to be huge because you have the Solheim yes. and then the Ryder Cup a week after. 
Leon Maguire is definitely going to be on the Solheim Cup team. Shane Lowry, Roy McIlroy, Seamus Power are all going to be on the Ryder Cup team. Seamus Power is going to be on the Ryder oh, Cup team? I think it's all but nailed on with the way he has started the season. The other two are guaranteed. There's seven Start Started the season, will. sorry. Are we in a new season now? Yes. So... Seamus Power's already won on the tour this yeah, season. Yeah, I just thought that was so last that, season. That's, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's this season. Uh, but it puts him on top of the world points list. Like, so anything, such a, after the, uh, anything after the FedEx is the new gets season. Gets him into the world points list for the Ryder Cup selection for Europe. It's ridiculously complicated. But also, there's not a great depth there. He's inside the top 30 in the world. It's He's going to play in all the majors. Ago, yeah. Like it's, It was a bad year. team last year, and it may not be a great team this year. But America uh, don't win on European soil. Let me come back to Leona, okay? Because last year she was, it was an insane year where it was like Leona Maguire's uh, year going up against Rachel Blackmore, going up against, you know, I can't even remember, right? It was this insane list of achievements. Mm. I feel that this year is as strong as it, but she didn't have a Solheim Cup, she didn't win a major. Unbelievable achievement to win the LPGA Tour, and her star is so on the rise. I don't know how she kicks into your. 10 moments of the year, even as a super golf fan, I feel like there's so many more Irish sporting achievements that just sort of like... Trying to bring something different from last night. So you're not actually picking, you're just trying to... A lot of us are just going to have a repeat of Wednesday night show. But I think you're right. And funny, I think Seamus Power would fit into a similar conversation in that he's almost the reverse. I still feel Seamus Power could walk down Grafton Street this evening. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. Whereas this time next year, if he plays on a European Ryder Cup team that wins and he plays a big role in that, uh. suddenly you're a superstar because the Ryder Cup and the Solheim are by far and away the two biggest events in golf. They're not the most important by any stretch. Yeah. But the three days of the Ryder Cup is even bigger than a major championship in terms of the, I guess, your floating sports fans' perception. Arthur's broken his triangle there. <laughs> yeah. But he it's, didn't, he didn't it, it, it still looks quite secure. Oh, you say uh, that. He didn't expect that to happen. Well, he would have it to, to move happen at eventually, some point, like, eventually yeah. at some point. Or, otherwise, how is he going to use, what's he going to use to jump your... Uh, can I make a bit of a, a, a tangent there, right? Tori Carrington said something really interesting on the uh, Golf Weekly interview. You Were you on that? You weren't? No. But I, did, you hear, did you listen to I it? I did. It was just a throwaway <laughs> comment about form and about peaks and how Harrington was adamant, Arthur, if you didn't hear it, that like everybody has their peak, even Tiger Woods. Like, but his peak was like winning every tournament he turned up in for two years, you know. But everybody only has this. But he said something about like Philip Walton, that everything in his career was to play in the Ryder Cup, and then once he achieved that, he almost wasn't able to hit a ball anymore. And I know that's kind of like evident by the trajectory of his career but it's obviously interesting to hear somebody who knows him mm. saying it straight out but I, I don't know if we put I don't know if we realise sometimes the amount of how big a deal it is for a golfer especially at a certain level to like make a Ryder Cup team and how how much pressure that brings and how much achievement that you know fulfils and so on you know I thought it was a, I thought that was one of the more interesting things I heard in an interview this year There is something different though I think with Irish people in the Ryder Cup like even Shane so. Lowry is talking about next year his yeah. soul they don't have, do you don't think they have that in the UK not quite as much now obviously they've had some of the Sevy best Ryder Cup it, players they just love that team environment now I think Lowry is talking about it also in a realistic way of he knows if he's at the Ryder Cup he'll have had a good year anyways yeah so he'll have had to have had a decent amount of results and been informed to get his place there I think Lowry's a level above Jumping. here like than then what we're talking about though isn't he like you know, oh he's gone like, to a yeah. whole lot of, well Lowry's had his best every year in terms of uh, sheer consistency and he won a huge tournament held off Rory McIlroy at Wentworth yeah yeah so okay so the Masters. Ta- tangent out of the way the reason I bring up the the again isn't to even bring up like as I I think in a normal Irish sporting year or in a sporting year of many years ago oh, double double take <laughs> oh, by Arthur I haven't seen one of them in, in many a long year that was big um, <laughs> Nathan's in trouble here <laughs> <laughs> wow this uh, is this is not going well in a normal year I think something like you know continuing her rise and winning on the LPGA tour would be a bigger deal but I was just going through this to, like last night when we were doing this like in a, the achievement of Irish sports people this year has been unbelievable you look at the the top 10 the people who were nominated for uh, the RTE sports person of the year you think that we have a world champion in gymnastics we had um, an unbelievable performance in the the European athletics and something that we haven't done in like such a competitive field and something that we haven't done in a long long time two medals in that 
you look three, five medals and three gold medals in the European women's boxing. You've Katie Taylor being undisputed best in the world. You've Rory McIlroy as world number one competes in all four majors, and you have Paula Donovan and Fintan McCarthy dominating the world of lightweight rowing. You know, in so much so that them winning another world championship barely raised an eyebrow. You know, it's like they're just the, the domination is unbelievable. I don't know if we, like it's an incredible place. I mean, I feel like I'm missing something there in that list as well. And forgive me if I am, like, but um, it's just off the top of my head. I, it's it, we actually are in such. I don't know if we've collectively kind of come to terms with the fact that we're good at compared to things. where we were five, ten, fifteen years ago. There seems to be an unbelievable high achievement in Irish sport at the moment. It can't just be a freak either. It can't just be that all these athletes have come along at the same time. Might like, be. I do want, but I wonder. Can you look at what's gone on out in Abbottstown, at the National Sports Campus, and every time you go out there, and generally it's out for some FAI press conference or something. But there's a new building and there's new pitches, and I was out there recently with like a under nine team that you can rent it on a Saturday morning, and they've got two huge indoor arenas. One of them is for the rugby team that they use uh, for both the men's and women's in the development squads and the other then seems to be a sort of GA soccer who yeah. you want can rent it out but the indoor athletics track has everything you could possibly need like the investment that's gone on out there is huge mm. and also when you talk to the athletes actually everybody training together from the different codes sitting eating together learning off each other like there has been obviously there's always an awful lot more that could be done and we need more Abbott sounds around the country but there has been a huge investment in athletics and an awful lot of those sports. Yeah, that's interesting. And it, but even in team sports, like if you look at like the rugby team, are number one in the world. We never, we haven't even mentioned them. You know, they they beat New Zealand this year. The the women's team qualified for a World Cup. I don't think that was expected. I don't think that was. I, I don't think we thought they were at that place in their journey. But they absolutely deserve to do it in the end. And um, even in something like you know, we think of Gaelic football as insular and don't think of that achievement. But you look at. We talked about the quality of the All-Ireland Final in football especially. You look at this Limerick team in hurling, you look at David Clifford's individual performances. I don't know, I feel like we're at a whole but different level of quality But it's not getting better in general. Yes, maybe it is, yeah. yeah. But we're you, not being left behind, mm. which I think is probably a good thing. Uh, another one I had that I don't think was mentioned, Roger Federer's retirement. That's kind of been coming for a long time. No, but the day he retired at that Labour Cup, when he's sitting there holding hands with Rafa Nadal, yeah. ah, that was that them, was uh, as a moment of, of the year. The two of them are in though, floods no? of tears. They've been I'm too chummy for a long oh. time. They've been too chummy for a long time. They're yeah. falling crying. It's not. It's not. Uh, yeah, that didn't. That, that felt quite not. It wasn't staged. I wouldn't say that much. Like I think it was sincere. It wasn't staged. Art it was sincere. Stone. It wasn't. It, but but oh. it was. It was set up for such a thing to happen. I don't think it was the most. It was. It wasn't the great organic moment. That you mean I that think. they? set up so they played some sad music at no, the right time. No, but they know they're going to be there. They know they're going to be on camera. They know, you know, it's, it's all... Oh, no, I thought it was just... This is the two greats together holding hands. When do you ever see that? Yeah, I thought it was amazing. Well, you I, see it in other sports like that. Like, you'd see similar sort of, maybe not to that degree, but you'd see similar shows of sort of affection in the likes of snooker or in you know all these one-on-one sports if there's, there's you know it's hard to ha- there's not many rivalries that equate to that but like it was very notable say in the snooker when Ronnie O'Sullivan yeah. passed out Stephen Hendry that Stephen Hendry was very magnanimous and in his he was on commentary when it happened obviously passing out his record outstanding yeah. number one and you know essentially delighted, yeah. essentially to that point of like you know it, it, I, that there's no shame and this, this is if it had to be anyone that kind of thing that this is a great way to pass on the torch. I don't think it's that. Actually, Ronnie O'Sullivan, when he won the World Championship, I think people have forgotten, had this amazing moment where he went over and like whisked, hugged and whispered to Judge Trump, Judge Trump's oh, yeah. ear for about 25 seconds. It was the longest like half minute of all time where you're just like waiting for him to break the embrace. It was really strange. Nothing really to do with any of the points that you're making. It was just something that was reminded of. If you really want to go off on a a slight tangent from uh, Ronnie O'Sullivan. So Ronnie was nominated for Sports Personality of the Year. Um, Myself and Arthur were doing a uh, long deep dive into Sports Personality of the Year. We definitely need to go to ads. Uh, And the first ever winner who I'm going to tell you about right after ads. Uh, where are we with this game? Is it Michael or your goal? Okay, so you're winning 5-4. Yeah. See, you're doing all the right things. You're sticking close <coughs> to the sides. You've, oh, I'm, I feel like I'm in trouble. He's dominating one side of the board. I feel here, like yeah. I'm in trouble. Okay, I'll take this, and then we're going to take a nap break. It's Manchester City 1, Liverpool 1, 32 minutes gone. 53106 is the text number. 
Off the ball daily. Live drafts and off the ball this Thursday <laughs> evening. Arthur with the slight advantage. Though maybe he doesn't, I don't know, but he's talking a good game, which is the most important thing. He's just moved his black between my two whites and set me up now to want to move that white, which would then put me in a very delicate position. This is giving me a headache trying you to can't move talk that white. There's nowhere to go. At the same time, <laughs> I'm talking about this white, so I, I can open go this up way. that space. Not you, me. Oh, okay. Off you go. It's difficult enough to explain this on the radio. Uh, 5316, the text number. <laughs> it's City 1, Liverpool 1. But, oh, Cleveland Keller's just made a brilliant save uh, from Ilke Gundogan. Uh, City have been the better team, definitely, but there's been loads of chances been uh, really entertaining. This in the fourth round of the Carabao Cup. Uh, we've gone off on a Thursday night slight tangent of, do you know who Christopher Shataway is, Michael? Uh, was he an Arctic explorer? No. Antarctic? No. He was the first ever winner of Sports Personality of the Year back in 1954. So he was a runner, yeah. an athlete, uh, BBC, Sports Personality of the Year, uh, went to the Helsinki Olympics in 1952, 5,000 metres, all was going well until the last bend, and he basically bottled it and stumbled and ended up finishing fifth. Called himself the Sports Personality of the Year. Then he went on to get a job with Guinness, just at the time Sir Hugh Beaver set up the ideas of the Guinness. I'm laughing at that. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> <Mick>. <laughs> oh, lads! This um, was already this was already a, an hour that may get us fired before uh, the new year. Him earlier, <laughs> sorry, it was only when I read it out I realised where the issue may arise. Come on, <laughs> he, he was the guy who came up with the idea for the Guinness Book of Records. So our friend, I thought Mr. Guinness Book of Records has nothing to do with Guinness the drink. Uh, he was of Guinness, and he came up with the idea. Oh, okay. Guinness Book of Records and then Chataway got his two friends to be the first editors so then he continued running so that's just a little tangent even yeah, on him yeah. uh, when Roger Bannister ran the first sub four minute mile in 1954 Chataway was his pacemaker okay okay then goes on to finish second in the 5000 metres at the European Athletics Championships in 1954 and then he set a world record of 13 minutes 51.6 seconds on a televised event it was televised on the Eurovision network so everyone saw this all over Europe the same year and that won him BBC Sports Personality of the Year ahead of Roger Bannister who broke on the same year broke the the same year Roger Bannister came second that's ludicrous this guy's the most interesting life of all time from there he went to work as a (laughs) newsreader on ITN stayed there a couple of years before going to the BBC working on Panorama stayed there for a couple of years became a conservative politician. In his maiden speech in the parliament, he expressed the hope that the English cricket team would refuse to play a tour in apartheid South Africa. A highly unusual opinion for a conservative. That doesn't sound like the most interesting life of all time. Oh, no, he went on from there and he was uh, <laughs> head of the Civil Aviation Authority, president yes, of the Commonwealth again. Games. I'm just saying that this guy, how did this guy win Sports Personality of the Year ahead of Roger Bannister? I don't know. I don't know. They really like uh, they really like middle distance runners oh. in England, don't they? They love their athletics for their sports personality. Yeah, the poor year. old Roger Bannister. Wow. Uh, even your head came third last night for curling. Ronnie O'Sullivan didn't even come in the top three. Uh, the, it's a bit passe, isn't it? It's your going in, yes. For the BBC Sports Personality Year on a Wednesday for some reason. Well, I think because the World Cup final was on Sunday, I, okay. I assume. Yeah, just, I used to really enjoy it. I thought the review of the year was brilliant. The awards were good all the way through. Now it's just whatever. It's I feel like a I'm load in a spot of bother here. I feel like I'm in a spot. You've been in the same spot of bother since it started. Give us your next one so we can talk about it while you're trying to pick up your... Um, well, like, do I, do I go for the obvious ones then? Another one that stood out. Oh, you're familiar with King. Oh, yeah. no. How did that happen? Because I got into the last line. Arthur's, I didn't even see that happen. He, he might have cheated there. I'm in serious trouble now. Yeah, he, so now he can move both ways. Uh-oh. I believe for the for the Uh-oh. for the people who don't know the rules of draft. did that. Nothing nefarious. Okay, just so you scale can go whatever way you want. Yeah, with, with that one Uh-oh. one. Yeah. Uh oh. I boxed it? myself into a very <laughs> very very bad. Corner. We've only got about any more sporting moments there. You want to? Ireland 3, Scotland 0, Michael Obafemi's goal. Felt at that stage as though we were sort of through the two-year teething problems for Stephen Kenny and everything was going to go swimmingly. Like, the quality of the goals that day was unbelievable. Packed house, 
Beautiful evening. Yeah, it was a good night. Obafemi's assist for Troy Parrott. You're patronising tone towards all my selections. Oh, there's no patronising. I, I don't mean it towards you. I'm trying to consider what you mean. I think it was a good night. There were great goals. And there was the Obafemi interview afterwards was brilliant. I'm finding it very hard to be enthusiastic about the Irish What are you enthusiastic about? Well, everything. I've just listed off how great Irish sport was at the moment. The only team that wasn't mentioned was the Irish men's soccer team. There we go. They're struggling. They get and their it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a scary prospect. Jump me. So that was the one, that was a... That's sly. So, uh, sorry. I'm, uh, the All-Ireland Hurling Final. I heard you talking about the Munster Final. Yeah. I wasn't at the Munster Final, but I was at the All-Ireland Hurling Final, which I thought was a brilliant game. Though I never fully believed that Kilkenny were ever going to win it. Really? No. They in were the very game. in the game. I would got say, level yeah. at one stage, wasn't it? Did it, yeah. I never felt they were going to win it either. Oh. Yeah, Somebody I felt think like they were going to win it. <laughs> yeah, well, I think there's, there's the nervousness there of a scared fan. That's about to happen here. Arthur's, uh, double jumped with the king. Oh, it's over now. It's, it's as good as done. One, two, three, it's four, 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 there's done no way back eight, from this. Eight, three. I'd be safe enough to declare here, I'll be honest with no, you. Declare, you can quit if you want. Ah, <laughs> oh, just... Is it not underestimated as a final? Like the quality of Garrod Hegarty's goal. That's the pickup with the the pickup in stride. It was the back of the hurley. I think gets a lot of the the um, oh, a lot of the coverage on that. He just made a silly move. Oh, has it won't he? work. No, it won't work. It won't work. Sorry. Okay. Carry on. Okay. <laughs> what were you going to do? Um, no, no, I won't tell you. But the fact that uh, that'd be uncouth. <laughs> it was the fact that he saw it and without almost breaking stride, jumped in between two players, picked up the ball and buried it. The most top corner goal you will ever see as well, by the way. Neither of these are listening to me, by the way, now, because we're down to the... <laughs> uh, Nathan is trying to survive. It's I don't know what to do here, because we're on, we're on national radio, and I'm waffling on about uh, Geroud Hegarty's goal. It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. I was obviously had a vested interest in it, so I don't see it that way. It was just kind of, I would have taken a procession. But there is something satisfying, I think, when it comes out the right end of a game like that. Where Especially you're... against Kilkenny. Oh, no, the don't fact, yeah, but that's, Kilke- yeah, yeah. That I was... was at the semi-final, obviously, as a Clare supporter, and Kilkenny were magic that day. There's another two gone. Art- it's over. Nathan it's has over. one left. Do you want to just uh, There's no way I can concede? Move. There's no way I can move. Yeah. No, I let him have the glory. Okay, well, just move then, and let it be done. <laughs> the glory. God damn it. Right, so, right, Arthur won. Uh, his prediction came true. He has that's a crushed. You have four of his pieces. Yeah, yeah. I think that's better for. I haven't played drafts in you know. Neither he years. hasn't played it since he was twelve. Well, he says that he's at a secret society on a. Do you Tuesday play it when evening. you go home at Christmas. Oh no, me. I play it. I play. I play with, me, um, with Eric, my partner. She's interested. Oh. She's interested in it. Oh, okay. See, uh, you never mentioned that. They're practicing what difference does it make night? how often I play it? Well, I think it makes a massive difference to any sport. How do you stop? Yeah, we're oh, sure. Like, I well mean, done. practice is very important. We'll sport. never do that again. Well done. No, I think. Please, God. I don't think that's. Please, God. That's the truest thing you'll ever say. Uh, anyway, all our file. You had a, a your personal experience being there is probably what lifts that up for you. Yeah. Well, we did a show that morning from down in the Guinness Storehouse, and we had Kieran Carey there, and we had Eddie Brennan, and I brought my young lad who'd never been to a hurling final, he'd never been to an All Ireland final before, and it was just remember, it was like. 30 degrees. It was yeah, insanely crazy. warm. So it's we the middle of July. Brilliant, <laughs> brilliant morning uh, down at the storehouse doing the show. Then uh, Eddie Brennan gave me a lift up to the game. I was like, this is as good as it gets. It's just to- like me, not a hurling man. One of the greatest players of all time just giving you his thoughts on the game. I was trying to tell my son without embarrassing Eddie going, just listen up and tell, you tell people about this in 50 years that yeah. Eddie Brennan brought you to your first ever hurling final. And uh then just went in and he thought it was like the greatest day of his year. Wasn't quite sure about Hurling. Likes to play it a bit, but wouldn't be big into watching it. Uh, loves TJ Reid now. Loves Garrod Hegarty. And just the, like, because it was right in the balance, even though I never truly believed that Kilkenny were going to do it. Yeah, it was just a very, very good day. Yeah, I think I think it has been a... Forgotten is the right wrong word, but it probably is a final that hasn't been given its due. I would say. You know, it was a very good game. Like, Limerick winning three in a row, by the way, as well, is a remarkable thing. You know, and I think you get you get used to teams and you come to expect them to win. I remember talking about them in the league 
when they weren't hurling well and there was a sense of like, look, Limerick are by far and away the best team in the country. They will win. I felt they come back to the pack a little bit this year, but then that's even better then. That's that's yeah. more of a, that is them showing metal mm. and going out and getting it done when Clare put it up to them. Yeah. When Galway. Galway put it up to them. Very much so in the latter stage of that game. Yeah. And when uh, Kilkenny put it up to them again, you know, and they've, they've, they won all those games. They eat them out, you know, and... Without arguably the best player. With it, yeah, very important. I mean, I think I think we've glossed over that as well. Another thing with a great team is that people feel like you can afford to lose someone like Keane Lynch, but there's no team could afford to lose Keane mm. Lynch, you know. So, yeah, I like. I mean, for a Limerick to win three in a row is beyond it's, comprehension it, for someone putting themselves even ten years back in time. Yeah, there's probably the the the, the feeling it might not have had the same sense of that is that the last two were kind of there was only a quarter of the of the crowd that could have been there if you yeah. know what I mean which kind of you didn't have the same sort of uh, sense of event around those last two that it wasn't a real big coronation obviously everyone was still watching but I suspect that was partially it um, also Peter Casey not properly back either which is there'll be some addition like it's ridiculous it's uh, they should yeah they should kick on it should be better again next year you'd think all going well I mean no one, uh, I know Barry Hennessy's retired, but nobody else in that starting 15, kind of in around that 16, 17 even, is gone. They're all one year older, one year better. I mean, you see the likes of, I know TJ Reid's a different, he could be quite unique, but you do see mm. how far into their careers these players are going as well. Like it's Yeah, I feel like you can have two or three from a group yeah. that can go to 34, 35. It doesn't happen with, it, it's just, it's always the same. It always yeah. only happens with one or two and the others just don't make it. Yeah. But like it, 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 much you say, like there is another, there's almost another three years, I would say, left in the entire group. For sure. You know, yeah, or yeah, the yeah. vast majority anyway, you know, maybe one or two. And then there's another three or four of them that might go another six. Yeah, you know, and then but it's also they're regenerating. Like I mean, the the Limerick underage teams, without necessarily like without forget about winning actual medals, they're as strong as any other team yeah. that are coming yeah, yeah. through. You know, well, there's less questions about Limerick going into the season than anybody else, and not just because of the champions. Like, there's, it's oh, not yeah. as if you look at any of the chasing pack and go, all they need is a little bit of a step up. There's been so many changes at all the other counties. Do you know what? It's such a good point. There's no even movement or conversation about even like a big backroom team. It's like you know, like you know, uh, Paul Knurk, right? Fine. Like Paul Knurk could go and be a manager somewhere, but obviously this is the role that he wants. This is the role that he loves. John Kiley is there. That's a that's a team that works well. But even going further down, like Caroline Curry, Caroline Curry has worked with so many different counties and so many different sports teams over. But it's like. Well, yeah, well, she's just part of that team now. There's no yeah. sense of, like, I've done my time, I've done my work there, let's go somewhere else mm. or anything like that. It's just, it's she's an got incredibly more time now. She's settled. She's left her role with Munster. Yeah, it's an incredibly settled um, oh, it is situation. Very, yeah. And I don't know what will happen then when that does. Someone will have to walk away at some point. And you kind of think if they do it this year, grand, that'll be four in a row. The five in a row would be kind of, you'd, you'd nobody could walk away from that. You'd want to, everyone would want to try that. But one way or another... Starting to want them to lose now, are you? No, no, but afterwards. Oh, but, no, I mean, you know, outside but, of you. Like. But beyond that, so like if you yeah. take, say, then 2024, this time in 2024, it could be a completely different complexion altogether. You know, Jeez, could, this is a different man from the man who the, sat here the week before the All-Ireland final and couldn't even talk about it when they were going for three in a row. For the, this is to bring listeners in. And they'll Look, read Arthur's book and there's a lot of good personal stuff in there about your journey. But to actually see your 2022 journey was just one of like... I would say agony. I don't know what enjoyment you get out of it. You're the whole week you were just worried about the match. I love it. I love that yeah. intensity in sports fandom. You know what I mean? And you were like, God, like it's just like I was like, Are you looking forward to the match? She's like, No, of course I'm not looking forward to it because what if they lose? Like, do you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> but there's no assurances. It's not like I think if you were from, say, Dublin or Kerry, you'd be football, back again. You know they'd be back again. Yeah. Your, like, your I know. Concern is that this is the generation, like, and, then, and when it drops off, it may be gone for another. Ten years. I mean, nobody would have put it. That, so when they win that All Ireland, whatever it was, the sixth in 1940, no one's thinking that between 1940 and up until 2018 they're winning one. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it, it just wouldn't have been. It would have been unthinkable. But now, I mean, it's, it, look. The reality of it is, when you look at the actual role of honour with these things, Tipperary, Cork, or Kilkenny have held Liam McCarthy for. A, I think it's is it something like two thirds or three quarters of all the time that the cup has existed or the competition it's been in one of those three counties so I mean to overturn that isn't for it? anybody outside of that to do yeah, a three in a row thing. four in a row whatever it might whatever it ends up being for Limerick is like you know that's all it's, it's, it's why I think a lot of like 
So Clare and Limerick, say, for example, would have a huge rivalry. That, and it would, like, I mean, in some parts of Clare, that would be enmity, as to, to borrow Sherlock <laughs> Nan's term. But it, it, would never, it wasn't to be for me, it was tip for us. But there's also just a separate point where it's like, when you're a hurling fan, but you're not from Tip Cork or Kilkenny, there is a sort of a us against them yeah. attitude and there's a kind of a there's a kinship there even if it is a rivalry even if the fans when they go to the matches hate each other and I won't tell you what the Limerick fans were calling Ennis when I was there this year <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you need to um, think too long. Uh, but uh you know, I do think that there's there's definitely this kind of kinship of like, you know, it's like you're doing it for the rest of us mm. because somebody has to stop the dominance of three counties over everybody else. It's always the same with Galway when they get into a place or yeah. we I think there's a there's a sense that people would like to see a Waterford breakthrough uh, come at some point as well, you know. That's the one I don't want. Is it? <laughs> I tried so small time. It's so small time. Why? Just don't know. Just don't. There's something about it. I just don't. I want think that. you'd enjoy it if it happened. I do. Oh, I because don't. I think the outpouring of emotion if, if Waterford won the All Ireland would be second only in GEA to if Mayo finally did it. Yeah, I don't think I'd like Waterford to win it just because they'd be. Yeah, they'd yeah, be yeah. Then there'd be nobody left. <laughs> It'd be just Mayo on their <laughs> yeah. own. Yeah. We'd look like complete lunatics. At least Waterford people would go, well, look, yeah. they go through the same emotion. Because even Galway in 2017, it hadn't been as long, but it had been six or seven finals. Mm, like, the yeah. numbers were comparable. It obviously hadn't been as long or anywhere close to it from 88 versus 51, but Galway got over the hump. There was, there was a saga ended there, and it was like, you know... It, oh, there's it, a wildness to the end of uh, famine yeah. like, <laughs> that you just don't get with, as you say, those bigger counties. Uh, Obviously, it's not about four in a row, it's about five in a row. I heard Ruby said on the sports awards on Saturday night, yeah. he said, for me, greatness is five in a row. You were wondering to about the, that. To the Limerick lads. I mean, <laughs> who I, who I can tell we're a bit like. It's, like. it's like, we've just done this, we've just broke our arse to win three All-Irelands in a row, <laughs> and you're asking us nearly to yeah, double yeah, it again yeah. before we can be great. Well we have to do two more. Um, other highlights, uh, an obvious one from, basically, from 75 minutes on in the World Cup final, as oh, good yeah. as football gets. I left out the World Cup last night, but it was ludicrous because it was just because of proximity, you know. But like the World Cup final, I think you're right. I think I don't from, watch games back. I don't think anyone has time to watch games back when no. there's another game right around the corner. But on Sunday night, I sat down and from 75 minutes on, Did watched you? it yeah. again. And the amount of things that happened even then that I had just completely forgotten about, from obviously the messy shot at the end of 90 minutes, but Mbappe's dribble. Out on the left hand side. I was talking about this on Monday night. It was like it, the last thing we talked about before we went home because we'd forgotten about oh it all day. <laughs> I, I heard the debate about Mbappe's goal is it the greatest goal of all time or World Cup. Like, obviously, it's neither, um, even if it has the context of being in a World Cup final. But if he had scored that, like, oh, it, yeah. is, it is up there alongside. Because also, it's up there alongside Maradona against England. But he had in his head the second he got it. I'm going to score the goal here to win us the World Cup final. It was a real Pac-Man route though as well, wasn't it? It was a strange dribble. But it was I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pass. I'm gonna do this yeah. all on my own. And he actually had the chance and he took one touch too many. Uh but it was just oh and what would that have been? That would have been about a fifteen minute hat trick. Yeah. To win a World Cup. Yeah. <laughs> like it would have been out outrageous. Can you imagine the celebration, how it would have sparked? Oh. The bench cleared everything. It would have been incredible. You can also undermine penalties as part of a hat trick, right? And I know he got two of them and what but Mbappe took the same penalty three times against the best penalty <laughs> yeah, yeah. save. In the, and, and by the way, Martinez made good efforts on two of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and so he put the same them. penalty down twi- three times. Yeah. There's some balls in that, like, isn't there? The, the trust, <laughs> to trust your technique so much that you're saying that this guy who can cover the ground better than any other penalty, any other goalkeeper on penalties, and I'm just going to put that into the side net and low and hard. Ah, but his confidence, like basically telling the referee come on let's get on with it let's get on with it I just want to yeah. hit this I mean, but I'm, you I'm see even rush. Martinez in the shootout didn't start his antics until after Mbappe's Mbappe. penalty because he was like this is pointless I'm going to be ready for Coleman as it turned out it was that was coming up next you know uh, last one number one yeah uh, Hamden Park Ireland women's team qualifying for the World Cup for the first time yeah we actually didn't you know this was on my list last night but we didn't get a chance to talk about it because we were out of time and it was kind of spoke for itself but I think it is worth again another game you were commentating on the game live from Hamden you just remember obviously the goal is the moment but it was also an insane game of football yeah. where Ireland a lot of Ireland games are, have been quite dull and almost intentionally dull and that's the way they want to play and when they're playing against better teams they just sit back as much as they can like they give away a ridiculous penalty uh, right at the start of the game which the keeper saves from oh, Scotland's yeah. best player uh, Megan Campbell scores from a throw in 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Megan Scores from the Troy. in that game in general. I have never chaos. seen anybody, as much as we like to compare to Rory Delap, I never saw Rory Delap actually throw one in that it missed. Maybe I've just never been replayed. But threw it in. Yeah. From about 40 yards out over on the right-hand side. Missed the Scottish defender, absolutely everybody. The Scottish defender had a real heads-up play there in that the last second just moved out yeah. of the way, realising realizing the rules. Like, yeah, that was... Um, it was this mad goal-line scramble just before half-time where Scotland had three chances in the space of five seconds that somehow Ireland survived from. And then just the brilliance of the second half and how they went on from scoring the goal and how comfortable they were. Mm-hmm. And I just think the history of the night, like it was just to be able to sit beside Emma Byrne, who you know was pretty much in tears for the last fifteen minutes, and even talking to her afterwards, like no, not a hint of jealousy of missing out on it, but actually being able to go, this probably wouldn't have happened if she hadn't taken the stand she had taken, and then been down pitch side afterwards, and the second Katie McCabe sees Emma Byrne leaves her celebration she's at and comes sprinting across the sideline. Jumps into her. Jumps yeah. into her. Louise Quinn, Denise O'Sullivan, all of them do the same. And yeah, just the... It was obviously not a huge crowd. I think it was about, about 10,000. So it was, was organised, what, three days beforehand? So there wasn't yeah. really an opportunity even for Scotland supporters or, or to go. Celtic, Celtic were playing, playing the same night. Glasgow, so it was just yeah. a nightmare for people to get there. So the only real Irish support were the families and the friends. And... The bitterness of the Scots, because as brilliant as it was for Ireland, you forget that for Scotland this would have been a huge thing. To the extent that the celebrations had gone on about 10 minutes and all the Scottish security were trying to kick everybody out of the stadium already, trying to stop it, stop the players getting photos with their family. Or Wouldn't like, be like the yes. Scots to be bitter about a sporting event oh, now. It's it was, not, it not like magic. them at all. So, uh, yeah, I think that would be hard. And what a goal. Stop. And I mean, oh. like, you know. But the goal was, even from Nifahi's cushioned header, like the three centre halves that night have, I think it was, we said a combined age of about 100. The three centre halves, each of them have about 100 caps as well in Diane Caldwell, Louise Quinn, and Neve Fahey. Like it's insane the experience. Yeah, it that was is there. nearly 100, I think. I think, yeah. it might, I think it might be It might be 99 or 100. Yeah. Is it two 34 year olds and a 33 year old? Oh, or ne- two. Neve Fahey's 35, uh, Louise, I think, is 32. And yeah. Anyway, yeah. I wouldn't say. Uh, yeah. Anyway, look, we don't uh, have to make a big deal. Doesn't really matter. <laughs> I think they're all doing all right. Um, uh, but you met, like Megan Campbell's trolls. The last thing I'll say this because I'd forgotten about it, so I'm, I'm now preoccupied with it again. Because that night I was obsessed. It was like I don't think I've ever seen, and I include Roy Lapp in this because he would cause chaos in in a sort of a set piece way. Her throw-ins were continuously causing chaos for that entire match, especially kind of sort of 20 minutes, the last 20 minutes of the first half, first 20 minutes of the second half, it was just around that midpoint of the match. It was just everything, mm. every time she did something, it was like frantic. Well, I think her throw-ins are more destructive than Rory DeLapp's because it feels as though she can do them from even further out. Like Way further out, 40, yeah. 45 yards out. unbelievable still... trajectory on the ball, like, yeah. Mm. So there yeah, you go, we got there. Form. I don't even know if there was 10 there. I was distracted. I lost my game of drafts. We were well beaten. I don't know if I'll get a rematch. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not doing that again. Come on. I was more talking for the <laughs> listeners' sake. <laughs> they don't uh, it's it. one all between Manchester City and Liverpool. It's been a cracking first half in the Carabao Cup. We'll have more on that on the football show, which is up next. Off the ball daily.